Hello and welcome back to the Babylon Brummies podcast. We're back at episode 12. I can't believe it's got here so quickly, but we are here. Uh, today, Chris sadly couldn't be with us. Um, he's away at a work conference, but we're going to keep the show going. Me and Jamie here. And uh, we it's, got, it's going to be a, a chilled out one, I think, apart from if we talk about the war a little bit. But apart from that, it's gonna, yeah. we're going to try and keep it chilled out. Um, go through some of the, the big things that happened this weekend. Um, every week we come back and we think, wow, this table's changed completely. Who we think is going up has changed, uh, staying, going down, sorry, has changed completely. Who we thinks might be in the top four has changed completely. So we're just going to go into that a little bit. Um, also, maybe look into the weeks ahead and um, see what's happening. But I think one of the big things to talk about just to start is I think it's great, especially on the, the latter part of the weekend, the club's reactions to this crisis in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, all the clubs seem to have solidarity all around the world, not just the Premier League. I don't know if you saw any of them, Jay. Yeah, yeah, the whole football nation kind of kicked off, didn't they? And kind of just said, well, we don't want anything to do with Russia. Mm, yeah. If you're going to be like, that's fine. Like, I believe Russia have been kicked out of all European competitions they were still in. I think we we both agree. That's It's hard because I it's think not... Poland have refused to play them. But now, so but now they won't because they're out, they're out of the competitions. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, but they point blank before that anyway. Just yeah. said, didn't they? Were not playing. And I think it's it's so hard under people who don't actually want this war to happen. Especially of the course, people. and that's the issue, isn't it? Like, but it's it's the right to. Of course, of course. Like, you know, just it's a really difficult and scary time, really. But imagine if West Ham were going to play. Um, who at Spartak Moscow in yeah. the Europa League? I was trying to think of a team that was a team right. that Spartak Moscow, who would have still been in, they're being kicked out now. That would not have been fair for Yarmolenko to travel over to Russia to play in no, Russia course, against. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely the correct decision. And um, it, it will have some ripple effects in the rest of the world. Uh, obviously, there's going to be changes for the World Cup qualifying stages, um, changes in the European competition. We just talked about Spartak Moscow. Um, also, there's a few good players over in Russia, which I'm thinking um, they they might be in a bit of a sticky situation at the moment as well. But yeah, like if you, if if this war had happened ten, twelve years ago, do you remember when that expensive Russian team had like Ahmed Musa and everyone, and they had like that yeah. ridiculous Eto was there? CSK Moscow. It might. No, it? I think it was another name. I can't. Oh, remember. Anke. Anke. That's him. Um, yeah. yeah. Like imagine that. Like you. Well, there's going to be a lot of foreign footballers over in Russia that I mean, are stuck. You look at Spartak at the moment, Promes, Quincy yeah. Promes. I mean, he's he's been in trouble with the law recently, but uh, I don't know if you saw about that. But he yes, stabbed his cousin. Stabbed his cousin yeah. yeah, but he's over there, very talented footballer, stuff like that. And there's there's bound to be more as well who we can't think of right now. But um, yeah, mad madness. Yeah, it's a very difficult difficult thing, especially. You know, out, this is an outside of football thing, do you know what I mean? Like, Obviously, this is a football podcast, but at the same time, it affects the world. Yeah. And it's not a nice place to be at the minute, with all no. this kicking off. Very, very hard place. I mean, you've seen people break down on TV talking about it. Yeah, it's tough. Like, It's a really... Well, should we move on to some, yeah. some better news? Well, it could be better news, depending on what you look at it. Buffon has signed a new two-year deal. Just, uh, until he's he, 46 is it or 44 oh, I don't, I I don't, I've 44 lost track now? at the minute like, the man just doesn't quit <laughs> no the, I think he's still playing the man's going for King Kazu <laughs> is that the one in um, yep, Japan. Uh, Japan yeah who's like 50 him, something he's going to be with him 
<laughs> You'll have seventy-year-old Kazu with six-year-old Boo falling goal. going on, lad? Right. Big, 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 uh, big news out of Palmer there, but nice as well because um, you don't often have players play that long, and I mean, it shows he loves the game. He still got it. He still got it. Hasn't yeah, you? he could make probably maybe not just as much money, but a lot of money outside of playing football as well. Whether it's coaching, management, punditry, anybody would want to have Buffon as a pundit. On, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, like, he's. He needs knowledge about everything, isn't it? He's clever. But um, that's, that's, that's a fun what I saw. Um, yeah, we'll get into the matches um, in a second. But I think just before we do that, it's been a massive weekend in football. Uh, and we're going to go into the specific matches in a second. But there's been a lot of changes at the top and at the bottom. Yes. And also the... Carabao Cup final. Carabao Cup final. I think we should probably start with that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of um, controversy in that. Sadly for me, I was quite upset because uh, my favourite footballer, Mason Mount, had an awful game. Um, he was just coming back from injury. I think they probably rushed him back in because they wanted him. But um, And I say awful game. I don't think he had an awful game, but he missed some sitters. He got himself into some great positions, running-wise, but I don't think his match sharpness was there. And that's the thing. Why would you risk someone in a Cup final against Liverpool? Mm. When he had, you know, I get it. Bring, you should have put him on the bench and bring him on. Yeah, like, and you saw, it's, it's like, it's, it's, you saw his runs. That one from Havertz when he hit the post, when he, Havertz played over him. You saw that run. That was an incredible run, but the finish wasn't there. I felt really bad for him. Um, and Chelsea didn't end up losing. Some people say it was Mount's fault. Some people say it was Kepper's fault. Some people say it's Tuchel's fault. There's no way you are blaming. The two people who are at blame here for me is Tuchel. Maybe even just Tuchel. You know what? Kepa, I believe Karma probably bit him on the ass from a couple of years ago. And if, if you're a footballer, if you're a goalkeeper on the bench, Chelsea, you want, if your manager hints that you might come on, you'll be like, yeah, I'm coming on. I, I don't mind coming on trying to save the penalties. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm trying to... I mean, I'm never going to be, obviously, a high-level footballer, but I think especially how good Mendy was that day. Yeah, it was. I'd be furious if I was Mendy coming off. I think it was probably Adrenaline. Maybe, but your adrenaline's going to be high. You're having the game of your life, you're smashing it, you feel invincible in goal, and then you're getting taken off for your man who balloons the penalty as well. And right now, at this moment, I actually think he might be the best keeper in the world. I can't think of anyone... Maybe maybe not like in certain areas like distribution. I don't know how great is the distribution, but shot stopping. And like he's... Like, you look at David De Gea, who's a great shot stopper as well. Mm-hmm. But Mendy just seems to have it all. Like, that, nothing was getting past him that day. He could have been in goal, saved all five penalties. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Of he, was, course. he was in that sort of mood. And, they, and don't get me wrong, they were great penalties. Yeah, that... especially Van Dyke's. You see Van Dyke's <laughs> one. Calmest penalty. He tried the mind games, didn't he? <laughs> he stood on one side and then he shot it at that side yeah. and stared him down when he scored it. <laughs> Not am like... I think it was Gary Lineker tweeting goes, This might be one of my top five penalties of all time. It was good, like. And I mean, as much as I slight Mr. Maguire, he also is up there for the best penalty one of I've ever seen live, which was the Maguire and the Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that final, when he just absolutely sent it top Where bins. It? Yeah. Like, I just, it was that game could have ended four four. So you wouldn't blame Mount on that one. I, I don't think. People. I, I don't, don't think you can blame Mount. I think you blame the eighty million pound striker who is awful at the minute up top. Yeah, I mean, he missed two chances, but you look at Salah. Salah missed more. Maybe they yeah, but as, how many times have we said Salah's good, but he misses yeah. chances? Yeah, and and also Mason Mount. I'm I'm defending him here. He is my favourite player. He's not a striker. 
No. He's an attacking player who he's can He's a creative can footballer. He makes stuff happen. And he did make stuff happen. He just couldn't finish it, sadly. Sadly. And I'm not saying he had a good game. He didn't. Like He, he had some great movements, but his end product wasn't there. And But I think what you also have to get past is Alisson is a mental mowing game. Yeah. He's one of the best keepers in the world. It wasn't Alisson Golver. Was oh, no, of course. It was the, the Irish lad. Why did Kelly The one who's second in the Ireland team to... Um, Gavin Bazunu, um, Pompey at the Not moment. Not for much longer, I don't think. Nah, forever. Bazunu saved the penalty from um, Ronaldo. He's there for, for stay. Yeah. <laughs> Kelleher didn't save one penalty and won a shootout. Exactly. Lad. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a good game though as well, a natural game. Like, both, I think both goalkeepers were class. I mean, I just, I'm just i still better. trying to wrap my head around why you take Mendy off, who also, mm. for the record, just won the AFCON Varo penalty shootout. I'm just going to leave you with that. Yeah. And also, potentially one of the best keepers in the world at the moment. I mean, if we're going off the absolute ball, which is Jorginho deserving his team of the uh, yeah. yeah event, where's Mendy's? Because I mean, he's just won the Champions League. Yeah, but we talked about and that. And the AFCON. He won best goalkeeper, then wasn't in the team of the year as goalkeeper. Yeah. That ridiculous. So, but you know, give it to Donnarumma, why not? But let's go through the... Um, the the goals which were disallowed which which ones did you think should have been disallowed or not let's start with um Matip's header um so for those of you who haven't seen it what happened basically was it was a it was a set piece ball went in um and Matip no I think it was Mane headed it over then Matip finished it but the whole controversy came is when the ball was played in from the free kick um Van Dijk who was in an offside position stood slightly in front of the defender. I can't remember who it was now. Was it Aspie? It was, it was the right-hand side anyway. And um, impeded his run from an offside position, which then stopped him getting back to defend against Mane's cross back in with the header. And for me, I like Liverpool. That was that was offside. I, I saw you pulling some faces there, Jay, so I think you disagree. I'm just trying to work it out. Like, I think... It's a bit silly, isn't it? I mean, if I, if it was the other way around and it was against Birmingham City, don't get me wrong, I'd be screaming that it was a foul. Mm. So I understand why it's been given. And I think, for me, I could see it was intentional. Van Dijk didn't make... Van Dijk, amazing in the air. He would have known he would have people on him. Why didn't he make a run for the ball? He knew what he was doing. He even stepped backwards a little bit. <laughs> like, he, he knew he was impeding that run to get that set piece. So that was a train... Training round set piece. Yeah. And um, for me, it was offside. Um, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd probably feel a bit hard done by by it because it is the slightest thing and it wasn't anything to do with the cross or the goal. But he was, for me, it was interfering with play. Fair enough. Do you, you agree? Or do you disagree? I think I, I agree. I, I wouldn't say I agree or disagree because I haven't properly seen it yet. Mm. Bear in mind, I was asleep because I was working nights. Yeah. But... I understand the law and why it's been given. Yep. If that helps. Okay. Okay. Next one was um, Havertz offside, and I think clearly offside. It's about a, uh, a foot offside. Offside is offside from what we've seen this season, and an erect nipple is offside. So well, that brings us on to the next one because that was Lukaku's one when he. It seemed like VAR when they did the lines, they did was it Matip who was chasing? They did Matip from his armpit. But then Lukaku's from a bit down his arm. And he was offside from the lines. But I was, it, it didn't look like he could score it a bit well from where they drew the line down from. That's what I mean. It's meant to be from a part of the body that gives you an advantage to score, isn't it? 
And I don't think the elbow gives you an advantage to score unless you're a UFC fighter, really. <laughs> I think from the two, though, I would be more fat, more hard done by from the Lukaku one than the Matip one because I think that was so close. But in my boots, if I was the referee, I would like to have given the striker the advantage. What you should do if it's level. You give yeah. a benefit of doubt to the striker. Well, we were always, before VAR came in when I was younger, we were always taught, weren't we, striker advantage? Mm. If you don't know if it's that close, you, you give it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave that. So if, if it was me, the closest one should have been the goal. It's probably like Lukaku won. Maybe, yeah. But um, in the end, Liverpool won. Penalties. Mm-hmm. I don't think in my life that I can remember... I've seen a shootout where there was 20 straight penalties that went in. 21 straight that went in. Without a save. Without a miss. Without a sky in. 21 in a row that went in. How about I think you? there might be. I can't remember one. I think I recall Liverpool versus Middlesbrough maybe about 10 Let's years ago. Let's have a look. What, you you talk about it, Jay. If, I, if I have hit this on the head, mate, <laughs> I, am, I am on point. But... Yeah. 14-13 on penalties. 2014. Let's have a look. Took 30 penalties. Three missed. Let's, yep. So I was on about the 21 in a row. Have I got a list of the penalty takers here? It was um, 20 penalties scored in a row. So this is actually higher than that. 21 was the one for the Saturday. So yeah, you did well. You did well. Knowledge. Not quite there, but 20, 20 is good. Very, very good, Jay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. But I think you were right. But that was a third round. I mean, this is a final. Like, the yeah. absolute conads on people that were taking them penalties. And then penalties were good penalties. That's what I mean. There wasn't a bad pen, really. <laughs> apart from, obviously, um, Kepa's hot air balloon. But I think Kepa could have saved some of it. I think Mendy would have. Because coming towards the end, the less competent penalty takers, probably the takers who didn't practice penalties beforehand. Yeah. But you'll have the people who are taking the first five who would have been practicing them this week. Yeah. When you get to like eighth or ninth, you've probably not practiced them. If you have only a couple, a lot of them are very central. Here's my opinion. Here's what I want to ask you as a football fan. Yeah. What's your opinion on your best player taking your fifth pen? Because I've always thought it was a bad idea. Like Cristiano Ronaldo's or Mo Salah's for Egypt and stuff. Like Salah didn't get to take a penalty in the I was about show. Because sometimes they don't get to take penalties. But also, when you're in a position, if it's 4-4 at the end... You want your best penalty to be in that because that's that's the most likely position where pe- there'll be a deciding penalty. Because we did it the opposite way in the Euros, didn't we? We let Harry Kane take the first. That's another way. Get confidence, get the goals in first, so it's less pressure. But I think I, I don't know which way I'll do it. But I think I understand because you want your most competent penalty takers to be at the most decisive moments of the shootout, which fourth and fifth penalty usually would be. I think, but I don't know the way I'll do. It. What about you? I think. I think I'd get my best player to take the third or fourth. Okay. Only on the... And I'd get a good taker for the fifth. Yeah. But I mean, if... So, for example, if I'm Portugal and I've got a five-man penalty shootout and I've, and I've missed, missed, scored, like, scored, scored, missed. But then if I don't score the next one, I'm out. And Cristiano Ronaldo's fifth. You'd move Ronaldo to fourth. Yeah, like, I, that's why I'd put someone fourth. You yeah. know, and then you put someone like Ruben Neves to take the fifth. Competent, spot-kick taker. Like that. Bruno would be third for me, third, fourth. Okay. And so I'd have my strongest in the middle. 
Okay, I, th- I see. I, I think I, I think I don't know what I'll go Obviously for. Obviously, I'd have Ruben Patricio, the goalie, taking the first. I think I'd probably go first, strongest yeah. first. Ruben Patricio first. Yeah, is I'd want a Penenka down the middle as well. <laughs> Penenka actually not in goal for the rest of them. <laughs> I'd want Zidane in the life <laughs> out of it. I wanted to kiss the crossbar on the way down. I was like, Mwah. like. Oh, well, let's let's move on to the Premier League because there's been some big, big results, fixtures. and we'll usually just do weekend games. But we haven't really sat down and discussed it since last Wednesday we did the pub. Yeah, so the 24th was a fir- there's a Thursday night game, which was Arsenal. I think Arsenal actually had a game um, called off because of the the final. Yes, um, I think they were meant to be playing Liverpool. Maybe I don't know because Liverpool didn't. Have- it was meant to be Chelsea, Leicester. Maybe Liverpool, Arsenal, was Liverpool. That's it, Live Apple. Um, but big, big win for Arsenal to come from behind against top four challengers, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and score, was it 96th or 5th? Yeah. And it went, so what happened? Because I saw it as a Lacazette, own goal, a Lacazette goal, so, and then I looked back and it said OG and all something. So what happened is it was from the right hand side, Lacazette ran in and had the shot. Yeah. And the keeper got a hand to it. And the argument was, was it going in from Lacazette's shot? And I think that uh, was it the dubious goal uh, committee um, said that it wasn't actually going in. But all the Arsenal fans, um, players, are basically saying it's, it's Lacazette's goal. Like he, he's the one who made that happen. Just let the man have a goal. Let he, the man have a goal. Man. He like, didn't seem confident throughout the match, Lacazette. That's what that I mean. Was, like a few times, took extra touches where he didn't need to. And I think he's in the moment. He's an old man in a team. Around, yeah. surrounded by youngsters and I don't think he feels good enough because he's only there because Aubameyang was unprofessional pretty much well but yeah I, I like the fact that he's still playing and still playing well in my regard like I think he's maybe not finishing he's missed a few sitters we talked about a sitter he missed a few weeks ago mm-hmm. but um, he's doing a job he's doing his job helping these youngsters and this is one of the first times we've seen Arsenal I mean, we both want Arsenal to finish fourth. We both said we would like them to finish fourth, and we think they could. Yeah. But this is the first time, I believe, that they really ground that result like champions do when they're not Yeah, playing. they had to dig in, because they were playing a very stubborn Wolvo team there who yeah. weren't having any of it. And you see a Wolverhampton team who have conceded very few this season, scored two latish goals, mm-hmm. is, is a great feat. And... It really has pushed Arsenal on to be favourites for fourth at the moment. I think so. I think they could even... They're not going to get it, but I think they'd battle hard for third at this they rate. Could, if they win their games in hand, they're two points off third. That's what I mean. Like, it's tight. Um, cool. <coughs> yeah, good win for Arsenal. Then we move on to Friday night. Yeah. Um, this was one of them games. Southampton-Norwich. I knew Southampton would win. I think we both predicted it in our prediction league. Yeah, we both... I think... It was obvious. Sadly, they're on great form. And Norwich picked up a little bit, but still not. Away from home, against a team who are in decent form, you always expect them to lose there. Yeah, it would have been a shock to not see, for Norwich to get anything. But I think the whole Dean Smith manager bounce has died off now. Do you think? I don't know. Because they they seem to get a result and then vanish for another three weeks. But I think when you look at the actual game against Southampton, like it was competitive. On, like obviously, you have Southampton at home, so they're going to be the ones pushing a lot more. But Norwich still had their kick. They had four shots against Southampton. If just one or two of them went in, it's a completely different story. Like, 
They had a good number of corners, which shows our attacking. It shows how shambolic defending they are. Have you seen the goals from that game? I haven't seen the goals. Right. So the ball gets played in. Chadams hits it. It hits off the keeper. Oh, I saw Chadams goal. He yeah, has time to be goal, lying yeah. on the floor and loft it over the keeper while he's on the floor. It was just like, oh, Norwich, oh dear. But, but I don't yeah. think it's due to his fault. It's one no, of he's inherited a team that sold their best player and didn't invest. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that man could do about it. And if they sack him for getting relegated, it's a joke. And we, we talk about Championship Mitrovic a lot. What about Championship Pukki? Yeah, it's a real thing. He can't play in the Premier League. It's a real thing. Championship Cameron Dromolitis, mate. I'll tell you all the time. <laughs> Dromolitis. Pukki. World no. class in the Championship. You look like Pele in the Championship. You come up and you don't know what happens here. But the next match, actually, probably for me, a bit more interesting because we've seen that Leeds team drop further and further, who've now sacked their manager. Rip, RIP Bielsa. But they got battered by Tottenham. I mean, first half, 3-0, flattered Leeds. Yeah. Because even though Leeds were attacking, 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 it didn't bother Tottenham at all. Tottenham could have went on and won this match 6-7-0, and I would not have been surprised. Tottenham looked so comfortable, even when Leeds were pressing with five men forward at them. Yeah. Tottenham just looked chill. They were just like, no, we know what we're doing here. Centre-backs of Dyer, um, Sanchez, and... Oh, I can't think of his name. Not ben. ben Davis played there a little bit, but um, the Argentinian, Romero. Romero, yes, yes, yes. Sir. I mean, Dyer's playing very well at centre-back. I mean, Dyer is a good player. I love Eric Dyer as a player, but he does. he's been known to make a lot of mistakes in the past. But he's also a lad. Playing three in the back, I think, suits him. And I think... It's great because Cause he is he can play centre defensive mid as well. Like he's that kind of holdy player. So yeah, and like another player had a great game, Harry Kane. And I hate to admit it because obviously two weeks ago I sat here and I said he's been awful. He's been crap. Take Jarrod Bowen, which I think we should. By the way, I'm still holding to that. Take Bowen. He's been good, but he's appeared. I don't know what's happened. That free ball to Son. I don't know how it's happened. Oh. But did you see that free ball? Oh, it was unreal, weren't it? He oh. just absolutely sent. But this is the old Kane. This is the Kane we've been confused to where he's gone. The Kane that drops deep, plays it, and this, runs forward. This is the this Mourinho is the, Kane. This is the danger Kane. This is the one that Mourinho seems. I think anyway, Mourinho sort of. Well, that's what he said. Molded. I can make you the next big thing. Like, yeah. This was Tottenham's Drogba. Like this was the Chelsea kind of. Yeah. When Mourinho made the Chelsea Drogba happen, this was the kind of. Kane that appeared, he looked a bit like that. Mm. He was strong, he was powerful, he was making them runs, he was finishing. And he's doing that now. Yeah, and, and he's, he's back. And Leeds sat Bielsa. Sadly, he, it was sort of expected at this point. Even though yeah. he's brought them up from the championship, played an absolutely amazingly attractive game of football. Yeah. And he's always fun to watch. But sometimes beautiful football doesn't work, i.e. Tony Pulis keeping Stoke up for 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, you look at Burnley, not beautiful football. And that seems to be where we'll be on that in a minute. <sighs> yeah. But amazing from Tottenham. Worrying for Leeds. Um, They're in that relegation. Bomb, I called right? it. You did call it. And called it. And Brentford, Maverick. You're welcome. In Newcastle, I think, have escaped it already. Newcastle have gone and Burnley could be gone in the next hour. They could be safe. Yeah, because they're playing hours. Tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, let's move on to the Watford match. Another team struggling and Man United at home should have finished Watford here to cement so their, their this, top four race this was a game of some of the most wasteful 
And any Watford fan will, you know, will say, I don't know how we've got a point there. You had three Ronaldo one on ones that Foster got to, and just I mean, Foster they did. Him for, hasn't he? Yeah, he played they did. Hands. They did score, and he was offside barely, but he was offside. Yeah, but fair play to Watford. I think Watford want to play every single game for the rest of the season away from home. Because they, they are away. crap at home. <laughs> I think he needs to drop four four two when they're at home, because the four three three counter just causes problems. Emmanuel so Dennis and Saar, if they're going to have any, and I mean, it's a very, very, very slim chance now, any chance of staying up, you keep ice baths and hugs all over Emmanuel Dennis and Ishmael Saar. They're the only two that are going to keep you going because Josh King, I don't know what he's doing at the minute. Jal Pedro didn't even come on against United. That's a bit worrying. Since yeah. He was their young hope the last like, few years. And he's been good this season. Like, Would you say, before we just go any further... The teams we're both thinking of relegated at the moment, obviously this changes week in, week out. Norwich, Watford, Leeds. Yeah, and I really don't want Watford to go down. But I think they will. Especially if Burnley keep it at form, because they drew with Crystal Palace on the weekend. Yeah. And Crystal Palace at home, getting a draw there is not an easy thing to do. Well, look, unfortunately, Palace last week went and trampled Watford 4-1. Yeah. Like, and Watford hadn't won a... Uh, sorry, Palace hadn't won a game until then, in the year. Oh, really? Yeah, in 2022, that was their first one of the year. Because Palace have been really good this season. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise they'd had such a poor run recently. Yeah, yeah. Vieira ball, Mike. Wow. Well, it's a good point for Burnley anyway. Yeah. Like, they if they win tonight, Sean Dyche, a manager who's never spent more than £15 million on a player, who has a team worth a fraction of anybody in the top four, a literally a fraction of it, is he going to keep them up again? And can I say, I did say this when Mike was on, didn't I? I feel like Burnley have a resilience to do it. And all of you laughed at me because they were doing so badly. But they they just know how to survive. I really hate to admit it. He <laughs> is a gravel munching, sounding horrendous freak of nature when he talks. But he's also a mastermind. The, this man sold Chris Wood for £25 million and brought in Weggers for half was of the it 13 price. Thirteen million was it? Yeah, Weggers. that is a masterstroke. As much as I hate to admit it, because I think he should be docked about nine points for dipping so many games of COVID. Because he went, oh, I've sold Chris Wood, and my best player is actually now in over in the African Cup of Nations, and he got <laughs> away with it. They literally went, yeah, right, sound. If I was Watford, I'd be going crazy. They had two good chances when they had a fully fit team, and Watford had nothing. Uh, Burnley had nothing. They just declined both games on the day before. It's a joke, man. And they, they are going to stay up. They've played a masterclass. Yeah, they have. Burnley have literally played a masterclass. Seventh in the form table at the moment. Yes. And like, we'll move on to the next match. Newcastle-Brentford. Both these teams, very interesting position. Brentford started amazingly, dropped off. Newcastle started awful, have picked, picked up. up. Yeah. And now it seems like they've swapped places. Newcastle seem to be the ones who are definitely staying up. And Brentford are just perilously... They could be in trouble. Badly. I don't think they'll get relegated, but it will be mighty close. But Brentford were the masters of their own issue in this game. Josh De Silva got sent off. I think it was like twelve minutes in. Yeah, I think was it twelve? I thought it was eleven. You're probably right with twelve. Eleven. Don't nice. worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. It's, right. it's not often I get uh, something like that right against Jay. You ask Jay anything, you like, oh. What foot's this player? Left, right, left. Every time, right. How tall's this player? Ah, six two, six one. He just knows it. So that's something about Jay. He's literally a human fat file. 
play a lot of FIFA. <laughs> I play a lot of FIFA and I play a lot of career mode. And I need to know these things. You know what I'm saying? I think this was big for Newcastle in two ways. One, against a relegation um, contender. Yep. Two, without Kieran Trippier. Massive. Yeah. Massive without Trippier. And also, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I would want to know what thought process Eddie Howe one day to look in his training ground and go, lads, I think Joe Linton could be a class box-to-box midfielder, you know. <laughs> what, the lad that we paid all that money to be a centre-forward? You know, I think he's a good box to and it's working. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he has masterminded Joe Linton into looking like some absolute unit. He's done, he's done a good job. And, like, we were both worried. I know when Mike was under our talks. Whether um, how was a one club team, like you could only do it with one club, and I know we spent a lot of money, but even with a lot of money, you look at Fulham, you look at Villa in the past, mm. money doesn't equal survival. No, of course. And he spent well, and I think that is um, a really, really big thing. Big result. Um, we can skip the next game. I don't really want to. No, talk no. About. Let's let's go into the next game now, shall we? It. So I know you don't really want to do it, Jay, but. Um... Villa and Brighton. Uh, Brighton have had a good season, really, but um, they the quality of Villa came through. Yeah, two unfortunately, nil. away from home, the better team won. Um, not much to say about that part. Of that. Brighton weren't really in the game, and from what I've seen. But neither team now fighting for anything really, except for who's higher in the league. No, exactly. It's just a bit more money for a higher finish position at the minute. So, yeah. Villa are safe, unfortunately. I hope there's some kind of massive point deduction, but it's not going to happen. So what? it is what it is. For signing Coutinho. Just anything. <laughs> anything. The the tears from them saying they were a big club 40-odd years ago. Like, just anything. But it is what it is. Like, fair play to them. They're staying up. Well done. And I think we'll leave um, the Everton-Man City match till last in this recap. Yes. Wolves-West Ham. Massive game for top four big again. Big game. I mean, Wolves have lost two big games. Yes. Uh, against Arsenal. Imagine if they'd won though. both of them games this last five days. They'd be, they'd be set to continue to stay. They'd be probably Bucky's favourites to yeah. fourth. But West Ham, I mean, it was, it was, I'd say, a close game. There wasn't really too much in it. Uh, Wolves looked solid. West Ham looked exciting. Um, and West Ham got the win in the end. And it was actually... Uh, a defensive player, really, and Suchek who got the goal. Have you seen the goal? Yeah, I watched the whole match. Lovely goal. Um, Antonio did well with that as well. Yeah. Came inside on it well. I think Antonio played well the whole game. Yeah, I think he's starting to look like his old. So I think he's had a ment. He looks like he needed a mental rest. Like he just looked yeah. tired, but not physically tired. You know, and he just looks a bit drained. Like thinking about running and mm. where to run and. And I think Bowen's done really well this season. Bowen's done great. And to We've say, been saying, haven't we, for, since the start of the pub, we said Antonio's good, but he needs help. And Bowen's, Bowen's stepped up. Fire. He has been, yeah. And, and, and um, we can't finish the rest of that <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, I just did, sorry. Um, <laughs> done. Pro- yeah, we don't, we don't condone that. Um, chanting that. But anyway, uh, no. Uh, West Chris Ham. Loves. Yeah, Chris loves it. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> He's loves the worst it. One. So trying to be respectful to Danny Dyer. Yeah, exactly. But... Uh, <laughs> They've got a few dodgy songs, don't they, West Ham? Oh, they're just a dodgy Kurt club, Zuma's, uh, Magic. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one. Uh, <laughs> Wolves, Wolves look solid, but West Ham probably did look like winning. They're building a good squad. Declan Rice in the CDM role. How, do you reckon Doing he's going to stay, though? I didn't realise. I, I didn't know who was young. I didn't realise how young he is. 21? I think he's a tiny bit older than Matt. 22, maybe. I believe he's 22 slash 23. Same sort of age as Mason Mount. Yeah. 
And I thought he'd been around for a while, and he has been. But the he just is, started young. Declan Rice is good at football. Unlike Mason Mount. Fantastic. I mean, England have got a great future ahead of them with these young players. Oh, through. it's mad. Bellingham, Mount, Rice, Foden. Even, I, I hate to say this, Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey. I love Jacob Ramsey. He's got a bit of a connection to my family, which is nice. Um, I like him a lot. He's um, He stayed at my uncle for a year while he was doing um, training for Villa, which is good. Mad so man. he's got a good connection to my family. So I'd love to see him do well. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this England team coming up are going to be very good. It's going to be fire. It's going to be... It's, an, it's another golden generation. We had a golden generation with Beckham, Ferdinand, um, and all that lot. John Terry, Sterling's Gerard. only just hitting his prime as well. I mean, he's, he's like 27, 28, isn't he? I didn't he? even realise. I thought he was edging 30. I remember 26, 27, Yeah, he's like 26, 27-ish. Oh, we've got well, a very promising time coming up. I mean, our last golden generation didn't make it. And they were so good individually as players. Some of the best players in the world. They just couldn't do it as a I'm team. I'm going to sound really horrible saying this, but I partly blame Sven Goran Eriksson. I, I mean, there's something wrong. I mean... I think he wasn't the right manager. It's like right. Smithy said once in his, in his skit with the England team when he goes, um, he goes, Stephen, Stephen, do you know Frank? He goes, yeah, he goes, acts like it then. Pass to each <laughs> other. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We don't pass Go on, to... so what are you going to say about Eriksson? I just think... Uh, Sven Sven Goran Eriksson, yeah, I just, I just don't think he was the manager. Obviously, we lost Glenn Hoddle due to a certain thing he said in the media, but I think he was the manager that could have took us somewhere. And it was a team who was good enough to go somewhere. Hundred percent, we should have won something. At least that one gen- major. Thing. It says a lot when every single world class footballer at the time literally turns around and goes, "Paul Scholes, the best midfielder in the world." Yeah, fact. When you got Gerrard and Lampard, two of the greatest yeah. midfielders of that, like I'll say, two of the greatest central midfielders. Last 30, 40 years. Easy. Sven Goran Eriksson was that stubborn. He played the best centre mid in the world at left midfield. Div. And like, we had annoys, great centre backs in Terry and Rio, which we haven't been able to emulate since. No. Like, well, that's I mean, the one position I think where we've no, I don't know, you know. We've got some good players coming through. No, because we've got like the modern day John Terry and Harry Maguire. Fantastic. Fantastic. Harry, Slabhead, and can't run Maguire. But this England team's got a lot of promise. A and lot I of think, potential. I think I in the next 10 it, years we'll win a major. Do you reckon I, I Trent's good enough to take over Cole Walker and what he does for the team? Depends though? on the manager. Because I think Southgate will be with us for a while still. I think Southgate doesn't like Trent because he likes organisation and Trent doesn't like being organised. <laughs> He's like, this right side? Yeah, this right side. Yeah, we've got on it. All the, all the right side. Dip into the centre sometimes. Do you reckon Southgate used to break down to tears when he was trying to play against Glenn Johnson? Because <laughs> yeah. his head would just fall off every day. Be like, no. Okay, let's quickly... <laughs> we quickly move on because it's coming home in 2022. And we know it's all happening, boys. It's, it's a fact. I think next 10 years, England will win a major trophy. And it'll be chaos on the streets. And I have to get an England tattoo if that happens. Yes, that's fine. I don't mind. But not a Grealish one. No, I'm putting stipula- I'm putting stipulations on it this time. Me and John had a quick seg- quick segue. Me and John had a little bet at the start of the Euros. I made a joke. I said I'll get an England tattoo, and I'm that confident that we're going to mess this up. I'll get a Grealish one. I really wanted to win in the final, but <laughs> a my, bit of relief. I, my, I was a little twitchy at one nil up because I I was really excited until about the fiftieth, fifty fifth minute when I clicked to head and went, "Oh no, I'm going to have Grealish on me." Yeah. Oh god. And Jamie's a Birmingham fan if you don't know that. So that would have been I would have been hurt. I mean 
we'll talk about Man City and Everton in a minute, but Grealish is not having a good time of it in the moment, is he? Yeah, I've read reports saying he wants to go back to Villa. I think he might. He's not playing any games. A lot of media stuff about him at the moment, about being out and about all the time. This Man City move has not been good for him. And I think he needs to go back to Villa to... Say for Philly's potential, but also just to love life again. Decent fish in a big, big pond now. I think he's always been a local boy. And I think... Mm. Even like that, I think I'm moving away from family to go to this um, club. It's two hours away, two and a half hours away. For a boy from England, that's a long way. I know different countries, that wouldn't be that long. But for England, that's a long way away from your family. Yeah, of course. I. It's one of them, isn't it? It's diff- it is difficult for the lad because he's obviously he's moved away from everything he's known. Yeah. But, you know, and that must be really difficult when he's crying into his 100 grand a week and 50 pound notes, so... Things on a bit more than that, you fair, know. You know what I mean? Isn't like, it like 300 K a week oh, or something? Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like. But that, that Everton match, Man City match, Speaking big hands, yeah. controversial moment, which the Premier League have actually apologised for. And you know it's bad <laughs> when the Premier League apologise. Oh. If the Premier League apologise, you know they've messed up. And I've seen a compilation in the moment of a lot of the AR going Man City's way. I mean, it's probably good Chris <laughs> isn't here for this one because he would actually argue about Liverpool having it their way. And I think, whichever way you look at it, sometimes I think the big teams do get favoured because someone said if it was your way round and it was an Everton handball, the ref would have given it. That would have been a red card as well. I think, I f- and I, I think I agree with that. Like, it's more the fact that Accidents happen. The referee might have missed it. That's what Frank said, wasn't it? In the... But that's what VAR, VAR is a joke. That's what Lampard said in his post-match interview. He was like, I understand the referee didn't have the best vision of it. I totally understand that. What about the linesman? Maybe they didn't have the best vision of it. What about that's VAR? why VAR is there. It was my three-year-old daughter would have called that call. And it was so clear, like... We couldn't understand why they're looking at it so long because it was so clear. I mean, my dad were watching the match. We're like, it's definitely. It looked. At, it looked at one point as if they were debating a yellow or a red. And this. That was the. That, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah. It looked like they were debating the punishment. It looked intentional because his arm moved towards it because it was a. It was a misbounce, unfortunate bounce with a spin on the ball. But it's a misbounce and it's hit him. And he's moved his arm towards it. Handball is handball. And this could cost some a team a Premier League place or cost Man City the title. Imagine if Everton go down by one point. Imagine if Man City win the league by one point. Or even two points on goal difference. It's big. And, um, I mean, that's all the matches I've gone. And just to finish off the pod today, we're just going to go through this um, weekend's matches. And we're just going to go. And just, we did this uh, last week. And I really enjoyed doing this. Which was just predicting uh, what it is. And we can look back and see who was actually right. So let's start. Jamie, Leicester leads. Leicester. Leicester. Leicester 3-0. Maybe even 4 it would be interesting to see what sort of manager Leeds have. Have I got a caretaker manager at the moment? Do we know? I have no idea. It's probably the translator. That's <laughs> in the translator still there. <laughs> Bless uh, him. All right. Aston Villa, Southampton. Aston Villa at home. Uh, Very hard match. It's our rivals against each other. One, I think one. Aston Villa. 1-1. One, one. Okay. Southampton are very informed. Villa are a little bit inconsistent at the minute. <laughs> yeah, but it's Villa, in it? I like Villa. Yeah, no, I like Trey Adams. <laughs> Burnley Chelsea, Burnley at home. Now this is a hard match to predict. I'm gonna predict Chelsea, because that's the most likely outcome. But we know Burnley are very stubborn. Go on, Jay. It looks like you're having a poo, but I think you're thinking. Two on Chelsea. It's both one for Chelsea. But 
I'm also going to throw this out there now. It could end 1-1 very easily. Yeah. I mean, Burnley are very stubborn. They could get a 1-0 win or even a draw. Weghurst over a kick. Could happen. Newcastle, Brighton. Newcastle, Newcastle. Brighton aren't playing that well at the moment. Um, so Newcastle get that win for me. Nice little relegation six-pointer here. Norwich, Brentford. I think draw. I think Brentford get back to winning ways, you know. You think? Ivan Tony's back now. I saw that. I think draw, you think Brentford away. Cool. Yeah. Wolves, Crystal Palace. I think Wolves will get a win. They've lost two on the bounce. They yeah. need to turn it around somehow. What do you think? Yeah, same. Agreed. Right. Leicester, I mean, Liverpool, West Ham. This is big. I'm going to throw this out there. I agree with your logic where I don't think either of them are going to drop points now until they play each other. So yeah. I'm just going to consistently predict Man City and Liverpool to win every game. I think it's going to be like that season two, two three years ago yeah. when they literally dropped like between them. They didn't win the league with 99 points. points. Yeah. And West Ham are one of the two teams to beat Liverpool this season. Never been so Liverpool want revenge. Yeah, I think Liverpool will, might smash them. I think it could be a 4 or 5 nil. Maybe, I'll say 2 nil. Um, Watford Arsenal I think Arsenal win draw you, got, you you love to give Watford points don't you, you love no it's it. not that big teams Watford are very good at annoying big teams and you never want to battle a team in a relegation scrap I do, this I do is scrappy it. time I wouldn't be surprised if like a Tom Cleverly with his left peg drops it top bins or something I, ridiculous I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Leicester, if Watford pull points how Arsenal would it be exactly but I think Arsenal Man City, Man United, Man City. Oh, yeah, I'd say Man City, but... But you did just say you're going to follow my logic of not dropping points. That's a big game. That's going to be one of their toughest tests. Yeah. United are going to be up for this. I would love United to win. That's what I mean. It'd blow the title race. But last one, Tottenham, Everton. Tottenham. Everton looked good against Man City. I know second half, Man City really pressured... <coughs> Sorry. But first half, Everton... With a better team for me. No, I think so. I just think I think Tottenham have too much in the. Tottenham have found that little bit at least. Ever since Antonio Conte said basically hinted that he's thinking of quitting, they've turned it around. They've like, turned around. We don't want to lose another good manager. Yeah, uh, like they know they've got a world class manager in Conte. Yeah, so let's. I, I I think Tottenham as well, but I think it could be close because Everton have, did play well against Man City. Uh, but that's it. That's it for predictions, and that's it for this episode on the pod if you are new here please hit that follow button on whatever you're watching and um yeah we've really enjoyed it again and we will see you next week see you later